Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from the church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be continuing his sermon from 1 Kings as part of the teaching on heavenly authority. When we left off, the Lord had declared punishment because King Solomon had built pagan worship sites to the false gods of his many foreign wives. The kingdom would be torn away in the days of Solomon's son, but God would keep one tribe for the sake of David and for the sake of Jerusalem. Remember to visit us on the web for serious Bible study at www.shiarjashub.org. Here is Pastor Greg. Now he has established Jerusalem. His promise is an eternal promise to that city. And we see the center of the world today still, in modern times, the 21st century, is still Jerusalem. So for the sake of Jerusalem, he will not totally tear the kingdom away. God fulfills his promises. And so the punishment now comes upon Solomon Everything you had means nothing because you haven't followed me and you will lose it. Your family will lose it. We look back again into Ecclesiastes. We don't have much in Kings and Chronicles about Solomon's attitude, but we have it in the book of Ecclesiastes, how it dawns on him and he starts to understand what he's done. In chapter 1, verse 1, it says, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And this is a good lesson for the church. Ecclesiastes comes from the word meaning assembly, which is the same word we get, that's the same Greek word we'll get the word church from, an ecclesiastical body, an assembly. And he calls himself, even though he's a king, a preacher to Israel because he's teaching them the way of God. So the example of Solomon should be a caution as we study heavenly authority to all preachers and teachers and those in authority in the church. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, emptiness, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. At the end of everything he's done, he can say all is emptiness. All that money, what was it, 700 wives, 300 concubines, ivory steps to the throne, gold shields, gold here, gold there, all is emptiness, vanity. You go down to verse 16 of chapter 1. I communed with my heart. You have to be careful when you, there's a point you can think a little too much. You know, his wisdom, his much learning, drives him to do that which common sense would tell a simpler person, don't go there, don't tempt, don't test the Lord your God. I communed with my heart saying, look, I have attained greatness and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly and trying to know all things that are wise, 
he wanted also to have knowledge then, not just of good, but of evil. Knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of folly. The only thing is we can't handle knowledge of folly. We can't handle knowledge of evil. Only one could ever walk in this world and be confronted with constant folly and evil and sin and never once do the sin and always do the good. We can't be like God. The devil lied to Adam and Eve. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is a grasping for the wind. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Sometimes you know too much and you start to just, it's just too much of a burden. Because he's not letting God come in. He's just looking at the situation. What's crooked can't be made straight. What's empty, what's lacking cannot be numbered. I know what's wise and now I want to examine all the folly of mankind. And his great understanding leads him to do things he shouldn't do. I said in my mind, come now, chapter 2, verse 1, I will test you with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. But surely this was also vanity. He wanted to know what pleasure and mirth was like. Perhaps we know some of the reason for his 700 wives and 300 concubines. He wanted to, he wanted to learn about that also. Not a good idea. I said of laughter, madness, and of mirth, what does it accomplish? It didn't make him any happier. Didn't fill in the vacuum. Did not fill in the void. I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. You know, some people, when they go after folly, and they play the fool. They lose their ability, their common sense, their intellectual wisdom. But it's almost, you get an image here of Solomon who's becoming the old fool, who's trying all these things, but yet the gifts of God are irrevocable. The wisdom is still there. So he's, in a sense, suffering as he's doing it because he's thinking about it the whole time. I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools for which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions, greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold. We studied that last week, right? 666 talents of gold. And special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. Music, gold, food, wine, women. He has it all. Building projects. Verse 9, so I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Also my wisdom remained with me. He's still smart. He's still intelligent. He's still discerning even as he's becoming a fool. Verse 10, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I looked at it. I saw it. I wanted it. I took it. I could take anything I wanted. I could have anything I wanted. 
Is this the attitude of a man of God? No. This is just an opposition to what the Lord told Moses in Deuteronomy. The temptation of authority, much power corrupts. Absolute power is very corrupting when you have sinful human beings. That's the wisdom of the founding of this country, that there was a system of checks and balances because the founding fathers knew human nature, if a person gets total authority, they will most likely abuse it. And if you give them enough time, certainly everybody will abuse it. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. Then I looked, so he has all these things, he's rejoiced in what he's done, he has everything from that. He can, because of his labor, because of his wealth, because of his wisdom, he can have anything he wants. He doesn't deny his heart. He doesn't deny his eyes any pleasure. And what's the end result? Verse 11, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. And what's the end result? And indeed, all was vanity, emptiness, void, hollow, and grasping for the wind. Can you hold the wind? No, because anything you do in this world is only temporary. These three abide that will remain, faith, hope, and love. Everything else is going to pass away. No matter how great, you can make the greatest sculpture, you can paint the greatest painting, you can write the greatest song, you can give the greatest dissertation, you can understand things that nobody else understands, and it all passes away. Grasping of the wind, vanity of vanities, emptiness. There was no profit under the sun. Didn't benefit him. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? If you go over to chapter 12, you see Solomon the old man, and he, he gives advice at the end, and he sums it up in chapter 12. He says, at the conclusion of all this thinking and searching and it's Holy Spirit inspired, what he's saying is true. When you read that section of Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. Perfect wisdom from God. And yet he himself has struggled because he hasn't been wise in God. And the conclusion in chapter 12, he says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. He looks back maybe to when he was over in Gibeon and he had his first vision of God and he asked that which was correct and right to lead the people with discernment and he started to realize the most important thing remember now your creator in the days of your youth do it when you're young and keep doing it before the difficult days comes everyone goes through the difficult days and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Life becomes hard. Life becomes difficult. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened. You have here a very descriptive, beautiful, poetic description of the aging process. And the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow down, the Strength we have in a, as a youth gets broken as we get old. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow down, when the grinders cease 
because they are few. And those that look through the windows grow dim. It's as though you can't see so clearly anymore. When the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of grinding is low. When one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of music are brought low. Also, they are afraid of height and of terrors in the way. Everything becomes very fearful. Everything becomes hard to do and, and terribly afraid to do it. When the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper is a burden and desire fails. For man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Ultimately, everybody dies. Desire fails. Those 700 wives aren't going to do him any good as he gets older and older. He too is going to die. The mourners are going to cry in the streets. Every person has this destiny. That's the human end to the human condition is death. For the wages of sin is death. And he says, remember your creator again. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed. That silver cord, the connection of the spirit to the body. It's like a silver cord and at some point it's snipped, it's cut. And our spirits are no longer in connection to our bodies and our bodies are dead. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or the golden bowl is broken. Remember to visit us on the web at www.shiarjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. And may our Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.